Thank you for returning now to our final podcast in Series 2 of the Evening Under Lamplight podcasts. We're ready now to wrap up our discussion of Shakespeare's Tempest. All the threads are resolved as far as they can be, and now we just have to dismiss the actors from the stage. Caliban and his confederates have been sent off into Prospero's cell, and now it's time for our tenth beat, the general dismissal. It's time for Prospero to get everyone moving off. On, on one level, Prospero, the host, also the organizer of the whole proceedings, the scriptwriter, the producer, and the director, moves the king and his courtiers and the two lovers on to the evening's entertainment. Rest and conversation, during which he'll satisfy Alonso's curiosity about his own story. And then, without lingering longer, they will set sail in the morning for Naples and the marriage of Ferdinand and Miranda, after which Prospero will retire to Milan. Does he bring Caliban with him to Italy? or leave him on the island, the king there but all alone? This is never resolved. On another level, Shakespeare has somehow to clear the stage for the end of the play, so everybody has to be sent off for activities elsewhere. Prospero adds an important detail to his announcement of what he'll do after the wedding. He will retire me to my Milan, where every third thought shall be my grave. It's important that Prospero should return to Milan, my Milan, because that restores the right order of things. In a world where hereditary offices were taken very seriously, there is something out of order, a chaos, when the rightful holder of the office is dispossessed. In returning to Milan as Duke, Prospero will be restoring order, whether he proves a good Duke or not. Prospero, as he says, will be in a kind of retirement. Will he let his brother administer the dukedom? Will he himself be a more efficient leader? This is left unresolved. Perhaps he'll let Prince Ferdinand take charge. But every third thought shall be my grave. That is, he will spend a third of his time, quite a lot of time, thinking about his death. Once healed and reconciled with his shadow self, his life-work is finished. He can compose his soul to meet its maker. Oh yes, and one more thing. He promises the king that there will be calm seas for their return journey, no more tempests, fake or real, and a wind so helpful that their ship will easily catch up with the other ships of the fleet that were returning from Tunis. This will be his final work of magic, or rather, Ariel's final task for Prospero. And that brings us to the next beat, the dismissal of Ariel. We've been expecting Ariel's release to freedom since the first act. What has Ariel been doing through the last part of this scene? Is just standing unobtrusively by Prospero's side, invisible to everyone else? Or perhaps lost in a corner of the stage? I think this plays best if Ariel is out of sight so we forget about him, and then he is suddenly called forward and we remember, oh yes, we have to resolve the Ariel thread too. Well, here's our final surprise. He calls Ariel chick, a term of tender endearment. This is a hard moment for Prospero. He is giving up all his magical power. Just one more job and then it's all over. 
but Prospero is a new man and strong enough to face this radical change in his life. Take care of that journey back to Naples, he charges Ariel. Then to the elements be free, and fare thou well. And he's gone. Joy to him. But there's one more psychological aspect to consider here. Helen Luke has spoken about Ariel as representing Prospero's talents, his abilities. As Prospero retires from the world and gives every third thought to his grave, he has to let go of his talents and abilities. The play suddenly becomes one about aging and the loss of our powers. Besides having to acknowledge the things of darkness within us, we also have to distinguish between the things we accomplish and the true self of our being. We are not the things we do. We are not even our talents. Our talents are given to us. We use our talents to carry out the things that our true selves desire to accomplish. People who cannot make this distinction tend to cling to external things. They need to win achievement awards because they define themselves by what they have done, or what they look like, or how much they have possessed. But these talents are all Ariel's. These accomplishments are just the works of Ariel. And like Prospero, we have to let them go in the end. It's better to do so voluntarily with good grace. Be free and fare thou well. We have loved them, but they cannot stay. This is the wisdom of growing old. And we remember that The Tempest was Shakespeare's final play. It's as though he's dismissing his own Ariel, his playwriting talent. And so it is all finished, all wound down. But not just yet. One more thing, our twelfth beat, the epilogue. As all the other characters proceed off the stage, Prospero steps forward to speak to us directly. We have moved without realizing it into the epilogue. Please you, draw near. We are now, in a sense, on stage ourselves. We're no longer a passive audience. Not all plays have epilogues, but those that do follow certain conventions. One of the actors, often though not always the leading actor, comes forward and speaks to us partly in the guise of the character and partly as the actor himself. The aim of the epilogue is twofold. First, to ease us out of the magical world of the play, and second, to beg our pardon for anything we didn't like in the play, the faults in the script or the performance, and to start our applause. The wit comes in the actors remaining in character and yet speaking directly to the audience after the play is finished. If our poetic ears are sharp, we will recognize that Prospero is speaking in the four-beat meter usually reserved for magical moments. Let's attend carefully. Now my charms are all o'erthrown, and what strength I have's mine own, which is most faint. Now tis true, I must be here confined by you, or sent to Naples. There's a double meaning here. On the one hand, Prospero's charms, his magic spells, are all o'erthrown. He has given up his magic. He, he thus has no power to help himself except his own faint strength. He needs our powers to get him back to Naples, our shouts of approval, providing the wind that will propel the ship forwards. 
On the other hand, the, the player playing Prospero no longer has his charms, that is, the magic that comes from the illusions of stagecraft. His work is finished, but he can't retire from the stage until the audience's applause signals that they can all go home. Let me not, since I have my dukedom got and pardoned the deceiver, dwell on this bare island by your spell. What has he just said? By your spell? What does that imply? Who is the magician now? We are. That's what defines the audience of a play or the reader of a book. Magic. Puck said we were the dreamers, and we knew from A Midsummer Night's Dream that dreaming is not nonsense, but takes us to a world of passion and imagination where deep adjustments can be made. And as Prospero had said earlier, we are such stuff as dreams are made on. But, and here, having just seen all the adjustments that magic can make, we are now told that we are not just dreamers, but we're the magicians, with the power to break the theatrical spell. But release me from my bands with the help of your good hands. Gentle breath of yours my sails must fill, or else my project fails, which was to please. Our hands must release him from his bands, his bonds, the bonds that keep him tied to the stage, as he, or as Prospero, had released the bands confining Ariel in the tree for so long. We untie the actor's bonds simply by clapping, and our gentle breath of approval produces the wind that fills the sails. We're still talking about Prospero and the voyage back to Naples, but we all know that we're really talking about the dissolving of the illusions of the play and the mechanics of bringing a stage production to an end. Prospero's project to restore order has now merged with the actor's project to perform the play, which was meant for nothing more than to please. Now I want, that is, I lack. Now I want spirit to enforce, art to enchant, and my ending is despair, unless I be relieved by prayer which pierces so that it assaults mercy itself and frees all faults. As you from crimes would pardon be, let your indulgence set me free. Suddenly we have moved from magic to devotion, specifically to prayer, again with a double level of meaning. On, on one level he prays to us for our indulgence, our forgiveness for any faults that may have been in the play or the performance, any trespasses, we might say, against good taste or effective stagecraft, as he has forgiven the trespasses of Alonso, Sebastian, and Antonio. Let us not be harsh critics of the play, but overlook any crimes which were not intended. On a deeper level, the actor asks us for prayers to the God of mercy that he may forgive him his faults, as we too would want to be forgiven for our fallings short. This is, a, this is a daring way to end the play, a call for us in the audience or reading the book to be united in our humanity to the actor or to the author as we move out of the theatre to resume our little life rounded with a sleep. The magical, timeless moment in the theatre has brought us all together with a goodwill that can extend back out on the streets or when we put the book down now.
It seems a perfectly fitting way for Shakespeare to end his playwriting career, letting go of his talents and coming before us one final time as just a fellow human being. The stage is bare, the magic has dissolved, as we exercise our power to set each other free. What more is there to say? Oh yes, one more final thing, our epilogue. Thank you for coming with me on this journey through the Tempest, this podcast project that was to please. Forgive anything amiss here, as we have just pardoned Prospero and the actor playing the part and the playwright creating the part. But keep tuned for the next series of Evening Under Lamplight podcasts or move over to Series 1, which takes on a, a more ambitious project through Dante's Inferno. See you there or wherever.